Welcome to the Big Golf Show. I'm your host, Nick Andreco, along with Eric Arbe. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Nick? I'm doing well. I'm pretty pumped for this show because, as most of you know, we always talk about technology, marketing, and mentoring, uh, and business as it relates to the golf industry. So we're super excited here to have someone who really has his pulse on the technology of teaching. Uh, he's one of the leaders and authorities on TrackMan. Uh, Mr. Andrew Rice is on the show. Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm very good, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Andrew, um, for all our listeners out there that may not be familiar with who you are, can you give us a little background about yourself, kind of where you're from, how you came to be in the position you're at right now? Sure. I'm, uh, I'm originally from South Africa, came over to the U.S. Uh, in the mid-80s, played college golf at the University of Central Florida. Uh, after that, I started, uh, I played professionally for four or five years and, and started getting into teaching. I, I worked for David Ledbetter for six years in Florida. Uh, from there, I moved up to my current location, which is in Bluffton, South Carolina, at Berkeley Hall Golf Club. I've been here for 13 years and uh, really just love the research side of the uh, of instruction. Um, obviously, love technology. But really, you know, my objective with my students is, is to get them to understand the factors that are influencing the flight of their golf ball and how they can move those. You know, how can, how can they get to hit better shots in as simple a fashion as possible? Yeah, and so Andrew, that relates, because you do a lot of track man stuff. Um, so how do you think that's affected your teaching with these students? Oh, it's been massive for me. It, it really has uh, changed the way I look at uh, the golf swing. You know, 10 years ago, I was all about positions and the look of the golf swing, whereas now I I really am engrossed with how the golf club is interacting with the golf ball. You know, how is that club communicating to the ball and giving it its its travel itinerary, so to speak? Yeah, because we were one... Uh... You know, this is obviously season two. We did we recorded season one last uh, in the winter of 2013. We really wanted to get to a TrackMan episode, so I'm really pumped to be able to have someone to talk about that because I know it's a really hot topic that a lot of people uh, are still kind of a little un- uh, you know maybe uncomfortable talking about just because it is a sure. whole whole new area. So um, if you don't mind, we got definitely a couple of TrackMan questions, and I want to get into some really neat Great. stuff that you're doing with video. So uh, how do you think? Do you think? Uh, that this might replace video one day or do you think that video and track man are two separate tools i know we get asked that a lot yeah i think that that's a great question i i really do think they're separate tools somebody asked me the other day they said andrew if if you had to use only one video or track man which one would you choose and i thought that was a great question in that i thought about it and i said and my answer was as follows i said because I've had the opportunity to use TrackMan and understand ball flight and how the swing, the look of a golf swing relates to particular ball flights, uh, I would have to go with video. But had I not had the ability to use TrackMan the last five years, uh, I would have to must probably go with TrackMan. But now, where I stand at the moment, I think I'd go with video, actually. That's a that's probably a shocking response, Eric. Don't you think? 
<laughs> you know, and and the reason I I would have to say this: the reason why I I, I went to the video is because I feel like now I'm that much better prepared to detect subtle changes in a golf impact or the manner in which the club head is passing through the hit, um, where I can say, well, I can see that just because I've been able to correlate video with the numbers for the last five years. Uh, I, I like to think that I am that much better prepared to be able to look at a swing now and go, okay, well, that swing would produce these numbers in the back of my head. But well, that's... It's almost it's almost as if that track man is staying with me, but I can I can use the video for sure. So that's really interesting, Andrew. So really, you've you've been around it enough to really to know it pretty pretty down pat, I'd say. I like to think so. I like to think so. I'm sure there's there's always more you know that I can learn. I found uh, new little nuggets along the road um, all the time, but uh, I feel like. As far as just influencing a student's ball flight and helping them hit draws, going from fades to draws, I feel like I can do that pretty good at the moment. Well, since, since you know it so well, what, what advice would you have for younger instructors who may be just starting to use TrackMan, maybe have always used video up until now? Um, I like to think of TrackMan almost as a Rubik's Cube. I might be... be uh, dating myself here a little bit, but you know when you first got that Rubik's cube, it was great because on day one you you messed around with it and you can complete one side. Um, that's really what young instructors who have started to use radar technology should try to do. They should say, okay, I want to get my club path better. I want to get attack angle better. Um, maybe work on a little bit of face. Keep it simple just complete one side of the Rubik's Cube, but as you get better at it, you start to see the whole picture and how everything works together, and then you start to almost break up that one side and get the whole thing to work together. Yeah, so, Andrew, what do you say to some critics out there, and we've heard this numerous times, um, that have said, like, TrackMan takes some of the feel out of the game. Are they just ill-informed with that? Is that just not knowing enough about TrackMan to, to make that call? Certainly, I, I don't think people who are making making that statement have used it enough. In my opinion, it's the ultimate feel machine. You know, I've, I've used it with uh, some younger players for a long time, and they can get on the machine, in front of the machine at least, and hit uh, five or six shots, and they go, ah, that's why I haven't been able to hit a fade, because my path is five degrees into out. And straight away, they start to be able to move the number um, i.e. the feel, over to where they want it, and now the ball can start to respond accordingly. Uh, it's the ultimate feel machine, and, and, you know, it's all how the information is taken and used. I think if, uh, if the, the operator is communicating properly and, and getting that student to feel what they need to do to make the, change, the necessary changes, um, all of a sudden it becomes a feel and it's not numbers and it's not technical, it's not mechanical. Okay, I've got to feel that to, to get that ball to fly a certain way. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on board with you on that. I mean, Eric, I know we're both of us are data guys. I yeah. mean, we're kind of in the same ballpark with that is that you just need to kind of know what you're looking at first. Um, 
to make some of those calls. But Andrew, if you don't mind, um, can we talk a little bit about your uh, this thing you have coming out called the Wedge, or it is out right now? It's called the Wedge Project. Do you want to? I would love to. You would love to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I thought that was really, really neat. I know that in there you claim that you know you've discovered the missing link to short game instruction, which I thought was pretty neat while doing this while doing research on this project. So, can you just talk a little bit about that, and then I wanted to kind of expand on that afterwards. Yeah. The 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 sense that I've got, guys, very often when I when I watch a pitching video or read a chipping article or something like that, it talks predominantly about the setup and the ball position and where your weight should be and then you know very generically we'll go through the motion of what is required uh what i started to find as i looked deeper and deeper into this shot via high speed footage 3d trackman numbers is i started to find that the best wedge players actually have a technique that makes the shot much easier to execute and the reason for that is they have what I would refer to as a low area to the bottom of their their arc. In other words they've got the, the sole of the club traveling in close proximity to the ground for a portion of time where you could actually have multiple ball positions and the club would strike the ball quite cleanly in any of those ball positions golfers that struggle with this shot tend for club to club to ground interaction and what that leads to is you have one ball position where that club close proximity to the ground and that's where the ball has to be if it's not now the club actually either gets stuck in the ground or we bail out and we we thin the shot um, and it leads to a whole host of anxiety and nerves and various other things yeah and what i like about that um and for people that are wondering what we're talking about we'll put a link um on the full article uh, of this on the big golf show so people can can see what you're what we're talking about but what i love about this is that we hear all the time um you know clients from from a golf web design standpoint asking about hey we want to have a membership subscription and we want to sell videos and we always say there's there's thousands hundreds of thousands of golf videos on youtube um doing something that really makes yourself stand out and makes you different. And that's what I was really, I was really pumped when I saw this because I thought that was really neat. What you did was you took a, you base, I think it's 45 or 50 minutes long, something like that, like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 50 minutes. Yep. And I was like, it's really neat. You kind of made that into uh you know, almost like the old school kind of DVD series and stuff like that. But you, you know, you did it online and uh, you're really driving people that way instead of as, as opposed to just paying for a one minute video here and, you know, every now and then. So, um, I really like that model, but can you, can you talk about people that are maybe interested in doing that, uh, you know, instructors out there that, that want to put the time in, how much time did you put into that and how, and any, any tips along the way uh, that you would do different you know, next time? Wow. Uh, great question. Well, I, I, in 2009, I wrote my first book and that was a massive project uh, from artists to photographers to editors to designers to publishers. Um, wouldn't change a thing about it. Loved every minute of it, but I wouldn't go the, the hard copy road again. Um, my garage uh, was loaded up and overflowing with books for too long. Um, I think nowadays we're we're more of a... I want it now type society. So 
So if I can provide people with, with access to a download where two minutes later they can be watching the product in the comfort of their home, uh, I would always, always recommend going that road. Uh, I try to make sure, one thing I remember reading when I wrote my book was a guy wrote an article and he said, once it's published, you've made history. You can't change it. It's there. It's not, you know, there's no going back. Um, and so really, for four years, it took me quite a while to get it out. But this wedge project I've been working on for about four years, and I really wanted to, to make sure that I got my facts, my science, my numbers correct before getting it out there. Because as you guys are aware, I'm sure, anytime you put something out nowadays um, that suggests a little different road to the, the, the current norm, um, you're going to get some uh, some questions raised, and uh, and people are going to confront you on certain topics. So I wanted to make sure that that it was substantiated and uh, and it was correct before putting it out there. So I really try to dot my I's and cross my T's before releasing it. So would would you do that again? Is that something that you think you're going to whether expand on that project or or pick up a new one? Is that something that you're looking forward to I, doing I, again? Definitely, definitely. I, I, I love the idea. I think um, it's it's not overly expensive to do. Uh, it's tremendously educational for me and hopefully for the for my students. Um, you know, we've got the wedge project. The next one up is going to be the driver project. Uh, down the road, I've got uh, the scoring project, the impact project, various other things, just to help people get a get a clearer picture of what's really going on and how they can improve each of these areas. And do you see any of these projects, especially with the book? Because I know that the Wedge Project just came out this year, didn't it? Correct. Yeah, it just uh, actually last week. Oh, so you have very little data on uh, uh, user input you know, or you know, user feedback so far what comes to driving lessons and, and stuff like that. But from the book, yeah. from the book standpoint, did that – was that more geared towards uh, like your students and, and and giving them more value, or are you just is that did you write that to uh, you know try to attract more students, or just kind of get the name out there a little bit, you know, a little I bit would more? Say I would say I wrote it. I wrote it to uh, to to build a base of credibility. I've always looked at people who've written a book as as tremendously smart, and and they've done and and accomplished something that I could never do, and I thought. You know, when the economy went south, I, I needed to, as an instructor, I needed to go all in or get out. And I decided to go all in and stick with what I know. And I said, look, I've got to write a book. We've got to ramp this up. Um, and it really, for my career, was the best thing I've ever done. Um, just in the doors that it opened, and I still teach people to this day who are uh, coming to see me because they read the book and they like what I had to say in it. Uh, it really goes a long way, but it's tough for me to say, you know, I wrote the book for this reason, um, ultimately to attract students, to, to, to give myself some credibility on the topic. But it's the same thing with the Wedge Project. It's just a, a passion of mine. Um, got, like I said, got into it four years ago, started asking questions, started looking under rocks and, and turning things upside down to find answers. And uh, it was very interesting what I found. 
That is interesting, Andrew. I really, really like what you said there about how it kind of really opened up a lot of doors. Because I think a lot of golf pros out there would love to write a book just like you, and are kind of afraid to do it for you know fear of like you said all the things it takes to put into it, all the time and effort. But I'm sure the rewards more than outweigh the work it's put into it. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, I'm always uh, I always liken back to the statement, "How do you eat an elephant?" one bite at a time and uh, that, that's great advice when you when you undertake a major project like this just take it slow and uh, let it develop as you as you move along very often you know I didn't I didn't set out four years ago to say okay I'm going to do something I'm going to make a video on wedges I just got interested in it started researching it and, and eventually I found like I had a body of work um, uh, a an information packet, so to speak, that I could share with people and I thought people might find interesting. Very interesting. Well, switching topics just a little bit, um, since you are such a, uh, a tech-based instructor, um, let's talk a little bit about social um, and interacting with your students on different platforms. Yes. Are you? How often do you do it? What advice would you give to other instructors? Because I would say, um, and my wife might disagree with this, but <laughs> I would say I put uh, I put 90 minutes to two hours in every day. Wow. Every day, um, and, and that's in addition to to uh, a full slate of lessons, and obviously, you know, the social side is to build the lesson side, um, and it's almost a bit of a you know, you you get caught between a rock and a hard place in that the more success you have with the social side of, of media that you're you're taking care of, the the more full your lesson book gets, and now you're you're kind of running out of time at the end of the day. But I re, I would say I put uh, I put 10 to 12 hours in a week, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, websites. Um, and just email, you know, just talking to people and, and answering their questions. I get a tremendous number of uh, TrackMan questions every week that uh, I do my best to get to. It may not be this week, but um, I always try to get to everybody. Well, that's <laughs> that's ideal. That's what we've been saying. I mean, that's, that's a lot more than uh, we always tell everybody just to get started. Uh, I mean, we're trying to encourage people just to put an hour a week in. So, yeah. you know, you can hear it you know, straight from your mouth how much time you're putting in and look at the success from, on that standpoint. So, you know, it's just uh, it's that's that's a, that's really neat to hear you say you're putting in that much time. Yeah, it so. it, it really has paid off. You know, um, I look at it this way: uh, in in March this month, I'm I'm uh, I'm do I did three days of uh, TrackMan seminars and teaching in Winnipeg, Canada. I've got three days in Toronto, Canada. I've had a day in South Carolina. I've got a day in North Carolina. Um, it's just amazing what this is doing. I've got I've got three days in England. I've got Spain. I've got Italy. Um, it's amazing how the doors have opened up and and people start to start to view you as you know an expert in in a certain field. They want more and they want to hear uh, what you have to say. You know. Hard work pays off. Yeah, no, and, and Andrew, I appreciate the time because I know that we had a, a, a limited, uh, little, limited amount of time with you because you are so busy today. But 
um, I hope that people do take that away from, um, you know, uh, our little time with you today is, you know, you're hustling and that's the, you know, yeah. I, we, we love that, you know, you put in the time, you put in the effort and, and like you said, you're, you you it almost sounds like you get too much work. <laughs> it's a good thing. You know, it's, been, it's a good thing. It's what I've worked towards for, uh, since the 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 economy turned south and uh and it's really paid off you know it's the best uh, i'd like to say to people the best thing that ever happened to me was um the economy uh souring so to speak because i had to i had to get in or get out and i decided to get in and uh the best decision i ever made yeah well no that's awesome and i, I we really appreciate all the the advice today andrew um Thank you. I said thank you for being on the show. And Eric, you have any? Yeah, no, Andrew, we really appreciate having you on the show. It's, it's been very enlightening, and it's it's easy to see uh, why you're successful just after talking with you for just a short amount of time. So we really oh, thank you very much, guys. I, I appreciate you having me on. And just just as, uh, as a token of my appreciation and, and something for your listeners, if, uh, if they go to my website at andrewricegolf.com, and they click on the link to the Wedge Project. Um, they can go on there. They can buy the Wedge Project. And if they enter the promo code Big Golf Show, uh, they will get ten percent off. Beautiful. That's awesome. I hope they go do okay. that and take advantage of that. If, if, even instructors. Uh, I wish. I wish most instructors sure. would download that and, and check that out. And um, maybe it'll spark some ideas on their end. No, I really appreciate that. You guys appreciate your time um so nice of you to have me on and uh let's try to do it again if we can oh, we'd love to andrew thank you very much all right Thanks, guys. take care all right. take care well nick that was really nice having andrew on there i think he gave our listeners a lot to chew on regarding trackman yeah i mean like i mentioned in there i really wanted to have someone with trackman i'm glad that andrew's like a super guru so i'm glad that you know, he made the time today. I know he's super, super busy. Um, how about that travel schedule, huh? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> interesting. <laughs> well, here's the thing, and, and I won't ramble on too long, but here's the thing that I want a lot of people to take away from that. Look how much time he puts in. Yeah. How, how many time? How much do we hear, I don't have the time for this, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, and, and look at someone like Andrew. I mean, he, he got, he's he got a book out. He did four years of research on a video that he that he ends up producing and spends 12 hours a week on Twitter and Facebook. And he, I kind of made the joke in there to him that he's got so much, you know, he sounds like he's got too much business. Yeah, and I think that's, like you said, a lot of people listening, a lot of customers that we deal with on a day-to-day basis can – easily pull something away from that, that if you want to make it, if you want to be a top 100 teacher, if you want to be published, if you want to really get your name out there, you got to put the time in and, you know, he's putting the time in. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more of him. Yeah. I would, I would have loved to talk to his wife. I bet you she says that he's up at 2 a.m. working. <laughs> Probably hear the real story. Right? But, but everyone we talk to that's like that, they always put in the late night hours. They're always putting the early hours in weekends and you know i'm not surprised at all to hear about the success that he's had 
Yeah, that's really interesting. The other thing I thought was really interesting was about his book, about the time and research he put into his book. You know, everybody thinks that to yes. write a book you have to be, you know, this Rhodes Scholar or something like that. But really, he just did the research and did it. So really applaud him for that. Well, I applaud him for actually doing the research. Because mm-hmm. we've seen some stuff out there. I will definitely not drop any names. But we've seen a lot of garbage out there. <laughs> Yes. No, st- stuff that's been put together, you can tell it looks like they put it together last minute in Microsoft Word, and and then they're surprised why it, it doesn't get any traction. Hey, I wrote an ebook, I got fifteen sales, and they were all family members. <laughs> I'm not yes. pick, I'm not picking on anybody. All I'm just saying is that he put in the time. He actually wrote a book the way you're supposed to write a book. He recorded a video uh, and did a video series or one big project he calls it but uh, did a video the way that you're supposed to do a video you do a whole lot of research up front you get all your facts straight and then you you know take put it into production yeah so I think that uh, was definitely worth uh pulling away from this podcast and what he's doing yeah i just love the uh, uh you know the time that he puts in to to really uh, to putting out a quality product is is and and you can watch the I mean you know he's got little samples of that video that video was not shot with hundred thousand dollar cameras and uh, you know huge film crews I mean he did that in a very with a very limited staff and uh, it 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 doesn't need to be you know you don't need to spend a million dollars on production you can you can all these tools whether it's iPads or or um, you, you know the tripods to hold those iPads and just a wireless mic you can you can you can produce really cool content. And really cool videos. Absolutely, just takes a little time and effort put into it. So, what do you think he said about not doing the eBooks again? Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty interesting. What he said there. What did, what exactly did he say? He said he's not going to do anymore because. Well, uh, well, I mean, he had a full garage. It sounded like. Um, oh, the real books. Not the, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed book. Yeah, yeah, the real books. Yeah, but, you know, that was really interesting, and you know, because he did it. You know, what do you say? That was five years ago. He said he I mean, he did that the real way. He actually went to a publisher, had it published. He had the, you know, probably the illustrator, the photographer, somebody doing the layout, the copywriter, the editors, all of that. So he went the full way. That was really before ebooks came about and, and before self-publishing was widely accessible. So, yeah, he did it the real way that requires probably a lot of upfront capital. Now those barriers to entry have really gone down with, you know, um, anybody who has a Mac computer can write an iBook or anybody who can create a PDF can put an ebook on the Amazon bookstore. So much, much easier. So that's probably why he said he wouldn't do it again. But, you know, it sounds like he didn't have a publisher pick him up anyway and, uh, you know, carry and deliver those books for him. He had to kind of do a lot of the legwork himself. So, yeah, that was really interesting. Well, that's the way that it's going there. But, I mean, again, look at how much time and effort he put into that. Yeah. So this yeah. is nothing new. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, either way, he's putting the effort into it. No, that's it's really cool. I'm really glad we got a chance to talk with him. Hopefully our listeners got to, you know, pick up something from that. I know we don't talk a whole lot about teaching here. Uh, we know, I know we do a lot of business and technology stuff. So hopefully the teaching aspect and, and the hustling and doing the work and picking a project – uh, I would love to see more golf pros do that. You know, pick a project, you know, record a little series like that. I mean, it's like the old days of, you know, the old, uh, you know, DVD, the five five DVD series 
or a VHS series. You know, now you don't need to do that. Now you can you can make it, you know, very unique to like he's doing the driver project next. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to have a series of these things out in the next five years. Uh, they're probably all going to be successful. Yeah, and it'll <laughs> I, be nice to package I, up at the end. Exactly, yeah. as a series. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against what he's doing just because he puts in the time, but. Uh, anyways, I, I hope that more golf professionals uh, and even golf courses. I mean, this this can really span to, um, to outside of teaching is really putting in the effort, putting in that extra effort, whether it's the ten or twelve hours a week on social, and you know maybe not teeing it up one day that week. You know, yeah. just throwing that out there. I like it. But anyways. Um, we got anything else that we want to chat about with this? I know we want to. We had a whole bunch of really fun uh, guests this season, and uh, I, I know we have a lot of topics that we want to cover that we can maybe have go more in depth with on other shows. But from a teaching standpoint, uh, yeah. I think the stuff he had he said on TrackMan was really really good. That was that was really interesting. I think a lot of a lot of people will get a lot out of that. But yeah, definitely, like you said, everything that he's doing can be applied to any area of business or any kind of business, not just golf. Not just teaching golf. So we encourage thanks everyone for listening. We definitely encourage you to to go to the biggolfshow.com, click on Andrew Rice's name. Uh, we're going to have a link to his uh, wedge project video, and and that was pretty cool that he's going to give a little ten percent discount uh, by entering uh, Big Golf Show. So we'll have that information on there so you guys can go ahead and check that out and support what he's doing and give him some feedback i'm sure he'd love to hear from you and and that was just one of the many benefits of listening to the big golf show it's getting discounts on things like that (laughs) (laughs) we gotta you know we gotta do we gotta get some t-shirts made we do need some t-shirts we 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 had such a a demand for t-shirts last year we ran out hmm Maybe we'll do some promos. We maybe we will. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyways, again, thanks for listening to the Big Golf Show. Until next time, I'm Nick Andre. Oh, hey Nick, real quick before we end it off, where can everybody find us? Ah, ah. You can go to thebiggolfshow.com. You can listen on iTunes by going to podcasts app or iTunes and typing in the big golf show and you can find our podcasts on there. You can also follow us on Twitter at the big golf show. Beautiful. Can I sign off? Then? You can sign off now.